All right, guys.、Uh, welcome back to another episode of Hundred、uh, Books a Year with Kevin.、Um, today, I want to finish off our、um, Berkshire Hathaway s-、uh, series.、Um, I want to touch on the mistakes of the first twenty-five years that、uh, Warren Buffett listed in the、uh, report, and、uh, it was included in this book. And the reason I want to share this are a couple fold, right? So first of all,、um, it's really Something that I feel like is undervalued is people are always be like, okay, what kind of mistake that he makes, right? But it's really interesting to see the first twenty five years from nineteen sixty five to nineteen ninety, when Berkshire Hathaway was building up their foundation, what kind of a mistake that they're making, and I think the last thirty for you know like forty years of Berkshire Hathaway. I think the biggest mistake、uh, has been kind of dealing with technologies, right?、Uh, the good part is they kind of like technology more towards the end, right?、Uh, Warren Buffett、uh, famously said, "Hey, I don't want to invest in things that I don't understand." And then they made an investment in Apple. I think what nineteen twenty sixteen, and then has outperformed all of the previous、uh, investment combined, right? But that is so that shows the. Um, quote unquote the uh the mental models of Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, right? How they can learn and adapt with the times. That's awesome, and I truly want to kind of focus on the first twenty five years within the series. Is because now there's a lot more noise about what has been gone wrong or what has gone right in the recent years for Berkshire Hathaway, but. Like where we are talking here, it's in the year of nineteen nineteen ninety. So there's a lot more、um, difference of mistakes that kind of happen. I I think are pure from a business me-、uh, fundamental perspective, and then、um, I think it's really interesting how Buffett listed these mistakes. Let's just get、uh, get right into it, right? So there are five of them. Okay, so mistake number one. Is purchasing control of Berkshire to begin with, <laughs> which might come as a surprise to readers. He was entitled to buy because the price looked cheap, but quickly realized that such price reflected the difficult business conditions. So the lesson here is that time is a friend of wonderful business. It's the enemy of like mediocre businesses, right? This is something that. I feel like we all make this mistake on an individual level. Whenever we are,、um, uh, you know, like Chinese,、uh, we're in the、uh, Beijing folklore. We have this thing called "jian lou," right? Meaning like pick up the bargain kind of a thing. And a great businesses is going to be great businesses over time. And time is only going to help great businesses, not mediocre businesses, right? If we listen to the previous episodes, we touch on the. Uh, difficulties of the water power and then、uh, you know you know a steam powered、uh, textile you know,、um, industry. It appears to me that Warren did not take a wide enough perspective in terms of, hey, this is kind of how we want to operate, and this is an arena, quote unquote, the textile arena. This is something that we believe. That can bring value long term. I don't think he thought that wide or that comprehensive 
before. So that is kind of the first part of the lesson, right? So again, time is the friend of wonderful businesses, the enemy of the mediocre. And, th and this is something that I feel like um, is relevant in individual stock picking as well, right? I'm not going to give out any uh, stock picking tips or anything like that because I don't know anything about them, <laughs> right? But I did learn um, if you're in the US, uh, Peloton, right? Um, I am a huge fan of Peloton. I am a you know a bike owner. I get on it every single day to exercise. I love it. I love the classes. I'm happy to pay 40 bucks a month just to uh, take the classes because I use them every single day. But their stock has dropped, right? So I've been kind of debating whether I should sell or not, right? And to be honest, like nobody really knows from the fundamental perspective, right? Uh, the um, company's cash flow is, is like going down and um, they have spent a lot on the marketing side and then they don't really see any upside. And for me, I enjoy the product so much, I probably want to hold, um, hold on to it long term. But that just goes to show you kind of like this whole pandemic, uh, you know, Asega or Asega Home Fitness perspective, how that could be misleading in, in like some sense, right? Like it could be something that is kind of went through a phase, if you may, right? But I'm a firm believer that, you know, Peloton will do well in the long term. It's just so far this quarter, I don't have enough data to kind of see if this is going to last a long time or this is going to be a short time dip and, and, and it's going to go back up again, right? So a couple of different takeaways for, for like this. Secondly, mistake number two, buying several mediocre businesses at similarly low prices, <laughs> right? So it's like, Buying one is, is bad enough, but, but like he bought several of them at bad prices, right? The lesson is, is much far, it's much better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price and a fair company at a wonderful price, right? This is something that I believe that he executed well on Geico, on the National Indemnity Insurance, right? He, he, he kind of overpaid, we, we kind of touch on that, but still, right? Buying mediocre companies at the um, wonderful prices is actually not very ideal because of the fact that the growth potential is not very good, okay? Um, number three, an unforeseen force, Buffett termed the institutional imperative. This was a tendency for managers to make irrational decisions and misspend shareholders' money by blindly following others in the business community. This was quite contrary to what was taught in the business school. So the lessons here is manage Berkshire to minimize the influence of institutional imperatives and attempt to concentrate on investment in the companies appear to kind of alert to the problem, right? So in a sense that he was investing from an institutional perspective and then the 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 tendency kind of uh have this way of like following others in the institutionalized world right because like, people talk right uh, uh, people share investment tips people do this and then even warren buffett and even his team kind of fell to this like falling of the crowd sinking right so this doesn't matter who you are this policy always 
are there, right? Okay, mistake number four. Berkshire office, uh, uh, Berkshire often partner with managers such as Chuck Higgins, Ralph Shirley, and Blumkin, who were liked, trusted, and admired, who led successful, uh, successful companies, but not always. So if you read a book, uh, this is kind of like the uh, employee, kind of like the first few employees that they hire. And then the lesson here is, while above average managers will not cure a below average business, he prefers such individuals to others. Even if it means a slightly lower results for Berkshire, we've never succeeded in making good deal with a bad person. So this talks about the investment of people, right? Um, and then a good manager, they cannot turn around the business, but they can make sure that it doesn't go to the ground. So these three objectives are liked, trusted, and admired, but they're also like um, perspective, like how, how well you know the guy, right? Or, how, or, uh, or uh, how well you know the girl. I think one of the um, examples was um, the uh, Nebraska furniture company, right? Like the owner was 90 year old back in the 80s and he, uh, she was still working. She was so enthusiastic, right? And then that is a good business model, right? Uh, same thing with RC Willie in China, where, uh, where I live right now. Sorry, in uh, Utah, where I live right now. Um, it's actually a different story where um, it's a, it was a Mormon family-owned company and then a Berkshire bought a, you know, a lot of shares of it, right? So good people are always worse to invest in than bad people, right? Or less trustworthy people. Number five is one of forgotten category of mistakes were those of omission. Contrary to mistakes of commission, which are explicit, those of omission are the decision or investment that should have been made. So this is a very convoluted way of saying is like Buffett admitted to taking a pass when good deals were served up on a platter and say the cost of the sum <laughs> of, of this uh, sum second has been huge, right? So he he's okay with taking a pass with good companies because of the fact that he might not understand it properly or something of that just doesn't grab him the right way. And that's okay, right? But the thing is, is we need to realize is, I listened to this on, on different investor podcasts before, is a good investor should never go back and count, oh crap, I should have gone in so-and-so company, right? I think that there was this time where, I don't remember who it was, I think it was Howard Marks. Um, he did not see the upside of Amazon, right? And then he said, and you want to piece of metal, he's saying a good investor should be okay with a good deal that he missed because you you like you just cannot do it right every single time. But the proper way of seeing this is I need to work very hard to kind of get myself into a mind space, get myself to understand the business enough for me to make a judgment, right? For me to kind of um, have an opinion on this so I can be educated. If, if at a certain time, my, my educated mental model does not allow me to invest in it and then this deal end up to blow up, then I'm okay with that, right? That's kind of like what Buffett was saying right here. So that was the five, right? Uh, that was the five uh, different things. And, and I want to kind of draw attention to 
the five mistakes within the first 25 years and hire good people, right? Find great businesses and, you know, don't buy two or three mediocre businesses. I was surprised that most of these are actually uh, managing problems or are are actually people problems. Like he never said, oh yeah, we should have gone with this company then this company, right? And then um, now this company is like 20X and then we are holding on this 5X company. He never said that, which is kind of like reflective on Buffett's way of thinking is, we don't want to count short-term win or loses, but we, we want to focus on the mental models of this entire thing and how we can do better next time. So, I, I think I did this book on this podcast before. This was like a few a few months ago called Capital Allocators, right? Um, it was a podcast and then um, they were talking about, hey, like this is something that I want to, um, in a sense, read because I want to know what does chief investment officer CIOs do when they are on their job, right? And... I touched on this on a podcast, I believe, was I was surprised too. Like a lot, like a lot of their problems are not like, okay, I want to hedge uh, this area and I want to, uh, you know, uh, go lot on this and go short on this. None of that. It's all managing people, right? So in the field of investing, even though sometimes we believe that, hey, like, you know, uh, numbers, uh, financial uh, sheets, or Q10s, K10s are important. In reality, it's actually really, really good for you to master people evaluation and also business evaluation at the same time. Because with just five mistakes, I think two of them are related to <laughs> buying businesses. The other three are related to people and managers and not to follow trends and also like being a good mindset that, hey, like if I miss a good investment, that's totally fine. I'm not going to get... I don't know, all heard about it. So, all right, that's it. That's our uh, series on uh, Bertrand Hathaway, the first 25 years. Um, like I said, um, the second half, like the, the last few years, I feel like there's not that much going on. We can probably just talk about the technology, which everybody knows, right? Like uh, they buy, bought um, Apple and whatnot. So we're going to call it right here. Uh, the next book, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, but um, <laughs> you know, this is the end of the month. I happen to be very, very busy. So hopefully um, I can come back next week, uh, Thanksgiving week uh, with a series and then we can kind of like touch on another book. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Share this with your friends and family. And then uh, that's it. Talk to you guys later. Bye.